Hi, this is Tom Brevoort, and you are listening to the Captain America Comic Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 126 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. This is Rick Furbanis. I'm your host. And I am joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. And that is a Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, Bob. I'm the innocent bystander. Somehow I got stuck between the rock and a hard place. And I'm down on my luck. Yes, I'm down on my luck. Well, I'm down on my luck. I have no idea <laughs> uh i'm pretty sure unless you're a warren zevon fan out there you would know that the next line is and i'm hiding in honduras i'm a desperate man send lawyers guns and money the shit has hit the fan uh, who is i don't even know who that is warren zevon yes oh warren zevon was a uh, a, you know, uh, I wouldn't call him a rock star. Uh, he was a little bit avant-garde, uh, but he was in the late seventies and the eighties. Uh, you know, he had, he had a few hits, but he was, he was, avant- his biggest hit was probably like, um, werewolves in London. Oh, no, no, it's, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Werewolves in London. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Excitable boy. Uh, down on my luck. Uh, anyway, uh, send lawyers guns and money is a, yeah, it's a, it's a cool song. But anyway, I thought that line, I'm the innocent bystander. I got stuck between a rock and a hard place and I'm down on my luck. That aptly describes Steve Rogers in Dimension Z and Warren Zevon. Oh, Dimension Z. You did did not. I totally did. I was like, all right, I've got to figure out how I'm going to do a different hello for this Dimension Z. And I decided, Bob, I threw down the gauntlet. I made it tough on myself. I am going to do a hello that somehow ties in with the letter Z for the next eight episodes after this, you know, where we, we do this, uh, running, uh, story of Castaway in Dimension Z, which is volume seven that came out in 2013 by Rick Remender. We did, uh, the first part in episode 122. And then we're going to be doing this like, you know, the second Wednesday of every month for, for 10 months. And I'm like, I got to come up with a different hello for you. Every one of these, I can't tie it into 2013. That'd be too tough. But I'm going to make it tougher. I'm going to tie it into the letter Z for Zola. And today it was Warren Zevon. And I thought this song was apropos because Steve Rogers is stuck between a rock and a hard place in Dimension Z. It is it is a, a really hard situation for him. Wow. Bravo. Bravo, Rick. And you really have put a marker out there. I'm going to do all these Z-related uh, hellos. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this unfolds. Uh, uh, you know, I got to give got to give you something to look forward to, Bob. <laughs> I I've since resigned myself to the fact that our listeners could care less about a different hello. <laughs> They're like, it's been a hundred episodes. Please just say hi. 
no, no. I'm like, the, I, I want to, I want to challenge myself to make it interesting for you, Bob. So, because I love seeing the, the look of anticipation on your face after I say, oh, Bob. Yeah, just See, like that. It's, it's like Pavlov's dog, right? I just like, what? <laughs> Uh, if people could see the video of this, um, all right. So, uh, Bob, how you doing? What's going on? I, I'm doing well. I'm still, uh, I'm still, uh, recovering from our, uh, Roy Thomas interview. And, that was good. Uh, wasn't it? It was good. It was exciting for me. It was so much fun and, uh, and preparing for it was a lot of fun. Uh, doing we didn't point. get to half our questions. I know that was a disappointment, <laughs> right? Um, but uh, but I had a lot of fun uh, preparing for it and going back and reading a lot of those old Avengers and Liberty Legion stories and, and some of uh, you know the Cap annuals that he wrote and uh -huh. it, it was just yeah it was a ball. So I I hope the listeners enjoyed that episode. Yeah, that was certainly a lot of fun. Uh, we got to figure out who our next guest is going to be because we do. We like I said before, we do that on the first Wednesday of every month. So stay tuned. And for our patron fans, the ones who help support the show, thank you very much. They get to hear who our guest is going to be weeks in advance, and they get to submit a question. So that's just one of the perks of being a patron of the show. And if you want to learn more about how you can be a patron of the show, if you want to help support us, because, you know, we do have uh, our expenses and our costs. And, you know, it's, it's nice the fact that we have some people out there to help help uh, help us pay for those. Um, go to our website, which is CaptainAmericaComicBookFans.com. That's right. And there was a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, not consternation. That's too strong of a word, Rick. But, uh, you know, do I you, showed off do my... Do you use X-Lax for that, Bob? <laughs> Funny you should mention that, Rick. Funny you should mention that. We'll come, <laughs> back, we'll come back to X-Lax later. But uh, my watch face... Uh, mm. you know, I, I showed that in the, in the Facebook group this week and there was yeah. a lot of interest in that. And, um, folks want to go, where can I get that image? And you can only get that image if you have the coin. And the only way to get that challenge coin, Rick, is to become a patron. That's true. Yeah. Very well. Very, very well put. Uh, now you've got me all, all interested in the, in the X-Lax uh, story. Let's, let's get to that. No, no, you're going to have to, we're going to have to dive into the book first. <laughs> And then, and then you'll just, uh, yeah. you'll just let it run. It'll hit you as, <laughs> as it usually does. <laughs> um, Hey Bob, you know, what we haven't talked about in a long time. Is... Well, that's, it's personal, but uh, my, my colonoscopy. Oh, uh, well, that, uh, <laughs> well, while we're on the subject. No, we haven't talked about reviews on Apple podcasts, right? Yeah. Right. iTunes yeah. reviews. Right. And we haven't talked about because, well, we haven't gotten any, but, uh, we have we have gotten a new one, Bob, and I thought I would share it oh with goodness. you, right? Because I yeah. I know you don't care and you don't go to <laughs> iTunes and check them out, but I I do, and I, I want to um I want to pass this one along to you. So this one is from Walter in Tucson. Now Walter uh, uh, is somebody who has been a patron of the show and has uh, is also part of our Facebook group. But he he said, yeah, I I I'm finally getting around to, to doing a, a, a five-star review on Apple. And we really do appreciate that. So here it is. And the title to, he, he put to this one is, I could listen to this all day. Some of the shows, 
last all day. So <laughs> he's in luck. I know. Well, you know, it was a nice little pun uh, play on uh, the whole, right. yeah. you know, MCU, Captain America. I could do this all day. So I can listen to this all day. Well done, Walter. I like that. He says, man, this podcast is great. If you have a love for Captain America or just want to learn more about him, this is the place to go. Very entertaining. And the creator interviews they do are awesome. Just finished listening to an interview with Eric Larson. Such great stuff. Five stars. Love it. Love it. You know, there was a comment uh, earlier. Uh, was it I know maybe a week or two ago, Rick? I, I was just reading through, you know, the comments in the Facebook group and, and someone someone said something positive about the podcast, which uh, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, and um, oh, Bob, you need to take that. It's my wife. Hold on. <laughs> she's she's out of town. So uh, she's up in Tallahassee. And she doesn't and she know you recorded. No, hell? she knows this. I told her this. But all right. So, um, so there was a comment, you know, a week or two, I think, on Facebook, uh, and someone said that one of the things they enjoyed about this podcast, and I'm paraphrasing here, right, uh, was that um, we're we're kind of humble, right? We uh, mm -hmm. we admit what oh, we don't yeah, know. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. and you know, we're not. I guess. I, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, we're not sort of priggish about. Um, he said snobbish, I think. Snobbish. That was the word, right? Snobbish about the older stuff over the new stuff. We, we cover it all, mm -hmm. right? Everything from the, the newest released uh, volume back to, to golden age stuff yep. uh, on occasion. So, uh, and we try to do that uh, because we're, we're fans like everyone else. And, and we, we realize that folks have their, their, um, you know, their favorites their favorite eras, their favorite careers. And we want to, we want to cater to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, if someone's new to the, to the podcast, they could just go and go look through the 125 issues and their episodes and they could totally find a handful of things that they definitely, you know, that's, that's their time period. Right. So, and we try to do, you know, we mix it up. We do 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. We do current stuff. Uh, we do mini series. Um, we're going to actually mix it up for next episode. I will save that for the end. Uh, but anyway, just getting back to the Apple podcast review, I just want to, again, put a little plug out there because it does help us get, you know, notice it gets us help with new listeners. So thank you everybody out there who has given us a five-star review on Apple podcasts uh, or iTunes. If you haven't, please do so. And, and we really appreciate it. And, you know, maybe we'll, we'll uh, mention it here on the air. Oh, and don't forget, I did put, I did say before, and you could also put in, in the, the notes of the, of the review. And I, you know, I want Rick to read it in this character's voice or this funny voice or, or this accent or something. And I will do that for you. I won't, but, uh, but Rick will. Yes. <laughs> the best you'll get from Bob is a, what's the saying? Oh, so Bob, um, birthdays. We got some birthdays uh, from famous Captain America creators. Uh, it's a couple interesting ones here in that um, a few, actually, yeah, a few, I guess last week, uh, well, a few days ago, was uh, on March 6th, was Kieran Dwyer. Kieran. Happy yeah. birthday. Kira Dwyer celebrated yeah. a birthday on March 6th. Uh, definitely has a uh, 
maybe like a top five Captain America artist for me, uh, only because I really loved that period. Like, like when, when he came on board after Paul Neary, I, I really just was like, wow, this is really cool. Like it was a, it was a, uh, just, I don't know, a whole new level. And, and some of the stories that he worked on was really cool. I mean, obviously, uh, the bloodstone hunt, uh, was up there and, and, and obviously he worked on, you know, the, the captain story, um, you know, and so on. So, uh, he was a co-creator of crossbones, uh, great, great artist. And, uh, he's still out there doing commissions. I don't know if he's doing any regular work, but he, he's, is out there still, still doing commissions. I love Kieran and I'd love to get a commission by him one of these days, Rick, but, uh, you know me, I'm, I'm saving my pennies. So I'm out of the commission business for now. What are you saving up for, Bob? I'm saving up for one more big golden age book. Oh, yeah. And I want it to be a wartime book. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and in particular, I, I want it to be a wartime book that either has um, uh, access an access power on the book. So either the Nazis or the Japanese. So as opposed to, you know, um, like a, a home front cover with saboteurs or, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm saving up for that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right, well, Bob, we probably should get to the comic. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So today we're covering Castaway Dimension Z Part 2, which is Volume 7, Number 2. It came out 10 years ago, Bob. So if you were in the comic store at this time 10 years ago, you would be finding this on, on the shelf. And it had a, a cover date of February 2013. Um, and the... The creative team, we, we already talked, I think, a little bit more before about Rick Remender, uh, but penciler, John Remender Jr., inker, Klaus Jansen, uh, a lot of colorists on this one, interesting enough. We have Dean White, Lee Lowridge, and Dan Brown. We have three different colorists, which I find very interesting. Um, letterer is Joe Caramanga. Editors, Tom Brevoort and Lauren Senkovich. Would you like to hear the solicitation for this one bob i sure would rick and there's a quote remember their faces their families remember what they love learn how to turn it against them artem zola's ambitions leave captain america stranded in the upside down territory known as dimension z steve has saved the life of zola's son but can he keep him alive who are the barbarians of frocks and what are their intentions for steve and his new ward Find out in episode two. That sounds exciting. 
It is. We should probably get to that. Rick, did I, you... I, I think I mentioned last time, this is the only volume. I mean, in fact, I think it was only probably the first maybe eight, maybe maybe 10 issues that I had a subscription. So I didn't yes. have to go to the comic book <laughs> store to get this. It showed up in my mailbox. Yes. In the... Yeah. Uh, in the brown paper bag, and it was uh, usually damaged every single time. Yeah, yeah, no, they, you know, they were well beyond the paper bag at that point. It was a polypropylene shrink wrap, shrimp shrink wrap ah. bag. So even worse. So yeah, yeah, no protection no. whatsoever. Uh, Bob, do you want to describe the cover to our listeners? Sure. Yeah. So it is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a perspective looking down at, uh, at, at an angle to uh, Steve Rogers and his Captain America uh, attire, but lacking the cowl. And he's, uh, he's got his, uh, his shield slung over his left shoulder. Mm -hmm. And he's, and he's holding in his right hand, one of those uh, fancy newfangled Zola weapons, uh, a rifle of some sort. Mm -hmm. And then He's holding the hand uh, with his left hand of a small boy, Ian, um, Zola's uh, Zola's created, you know, son, mm -hmm. uh, who at this point looks to be, you know, maybe six six years old, seven. Yeah, years. that's that's totally wrong. I I don't understand that, but we'll 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 get to that in the yeah. in the story. And well, anyway, it's nice to to point out it's a, it's a very uh, you know the, the background, of course, it's uh, there's there's smoke, there's fog. It looks like a desolate area and Steve doesn't look happy, right? He's got mm -hmm. a, he's got a seriously, um, uh, well, I guess when I, when, no, I'm not going to even say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say what, it, what I call it when, uh, you know, my wife has that look, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen this look before and it means business. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you uh, I think you put it aptly, um, but you left out the fact that Cap's got long, shaggy hair. Right. Indeed. Right. Uh, yeah. As well as the little boy he's holding, uh, you know, in his hand. Um, yeah. Well, he's holding the hand of a little boy, I should say. Right. He's got long, shaggy hair. Um, and also the Cap's uniform has got some tears to it and some, um, you know, some some damage to it. Yeah. Uh, so that that's, um, you know. We don't see Cap like this. Yeah. This is a very unusual way to see Captain America. And, and he's got the beard going. Yeah. Right. So. Yep. Yeah. And then the 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 cover logo is Captain America with um, Captain in white, and then America three times the size of Captain in 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 a red, white, and blue. But it's it's not the curved logo. It's just a straight logo. So it's certainly a new logo for this volume. And I think we should probably read the the recap of the last episode or mm -hmm. last issue. The, um, the I will point out that if you've not listened to episode 122, that's when we do part one of this. You should probably go listen to that and then come back here and listen to, to 126. It'll definitely make more sense that way. Yeah. But if not, and for those who did listen to it when they came out and it's like four weeks later, Here's a nice little recap for you. Previously, as a hero and Avenger, Captain America has fought countless villains and made a number of powerful enemies. It was in the dark days of World War II that Captain America first foiled the maniacal plots of the biofanatic Arnim Zola. 
Now, Zola has kidnapped Cap and smuggled him into his twisted Dimension Z for his heinous scientific experiments. Drugged Is it heinous or heinous? I guess it could be either way, Rick. Do you I'm want to just, look it up on Wikipedia? I've never heard it called highness. He's he's he, it's not like a he, you know he's a highness. You know, my, is it your highness or, is your it tomato or tomato? <laughs> <laughs> Drugged and confused, Cap managed to make his escape along with an infant child he discovered in Zola's lab. Together, they have crash landed in the desolate wastelands of Dimension Z. Dot dot dot. <laughs> Uh, are you a fan? Are you anti or pro ellipse, Rick? I don't. I I am anti the way you do it. <laughs> are you? Oh yeah, you I you hate that. you <laughs> you 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 like trigger me when you do your ellipse. <laughs> I'm a big fan of ellipse. If oh, anybody yeah. anybody knows that, if they go into the Facebook group and like I uh, post things, okay. I do the, the 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 dot dot dot. First of all, anybody who does two or four, you're uh -huh. wrong. I'm just going to mm -hmm. tell you right now, you're yeah. wrong. It's three. It's always yeah. three or it's a period yeah. or it's three. That's yeah. it. There's no other way. That's just, right. that's just how it is. Yeah. But, 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 but how you do it, Bob, uh -huh. you do the three. Yeah. And then you go right into the next word. There's no space after the three. Yeah. What? Yeah. That is, yeah. that is crazy. There's a pause. Ellipses is a pause. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you go right into the next word, there's no pause. It's dot, 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 space, the next word. And honestly, I don't know if you ever noticed this. Uh -huh. You, you, when you prepare questions, you know, uh -huh. for, for like, for instance, Roy Thomas, yeah. right? You prepare questions. I prepare questions. We share our questions. We go over our questions, right? You send me a word document and it has dot, dot, dot. And then it goes right to the next word. I do a seek and replace <laughs> and i change them all to dot 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 space i have never <laughs> noticed that yeah. uh and uh, now now i know why it takes you so long to get them back oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, now you're just gonna like do it on purpose oh yeah now oh, yeah yeah chock a block full of uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be on facebook i guarantee you listeners i tell you right now if you go into the facebook this week yeah, Bob's gonna tonight. start. <laughs> Bob's gonna go in. He's gonna start writing stuff. Dot dot dot. No space. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, All that's right. a that's a detour. Yes. All right, but I want I want I want our listeners to give some feedback. We're gonna get Bob's absolutely right. Rick's absolutely right. Or. What the oh hell my, is an ellipse? Oh my god! Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> no, you forgot what the hell's an ellipse, right? Isn't that uh, isn't that something they got down in Washington D.C. on the mall? Uh, something like that, yeah. yeah. Right. All right. And when when did Artem Zola end up being in World War II? I thought he was introduced by Jack Kirby in like two hundred six, two hundred seven, right? Mm -hmm. In in modern quote unquote times uh for steve rogers when when did he become a world war ii foe um i i think this is a retcon rick um and, and i think there have been a, a handful of other stories like i can't remember off the top of my head now that have retconned him as has you know sort of been in the in the mix during and now he i mean he wasn't you wouldn't see him in any of those stories necessarily with strucker or or 
the skull or but but a couple stories have have shown him as a young man during during world war ii so okay well i mean i think they're but probably I don't just think he, he didn't fight cap in world war ii i don't recall any stories where he you know he came it, up well, dude you read it yourself were you not listening you said no, what it was in is, the dark days of world war ii that captain america first foiled the maniacal plots of the biofanatic arnim zola you said it yourself I, no, but what i'm saying is that i don't think it was a direct you know i, I think you know zola was you know working for the nazis at the time and i and i think in the stories uh and i'll have to i mean i, I I'll go back and try to find them right where they were but i think he was like creating things for the nazis that that cap went up against but i don't think he ever personally went up against him in any I got of the stories okay all right yeah you probably should go back and dot 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 <laughs> research that okay i will uh, <laughs> I'll be sure to write an essay about that and post uh, it on uh, Facebook. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get to the story. So we cut to the opening page, and it says, one year later. I what? love the splash page. Wow. Yeah. Wowzers. We just you- skipped a year, Bob. Have you seen the splash page available out there? Yeah, yeah. You know, I wonder what this one goes for. Uh, oh, it's like twenty-five grand. <laughs> it's a full-page splash. Um, yeah. So, one year later, let's just let that sink in. Yeah. He, Captain America, has just spent a year in Dimension Z. Yeah. That's big. That's that huge, is big. right? Uh, can, can you think of any other story arc that time jumps like this? Hmm. I, I mean, know I, I've seen it, but nothing comes to mind. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to do, right? Because you know, it really messes with a lot of continuity if you're jumping that far exactly. ahead, right? And so, unless, but, unless. unless you explain it like they do at, at the end of this story, but we'll right. get to that later. You're in a separate dimension. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, one year later, wow, he's been he's been in Dimension Z. So we cut to the next page, and it says it's a bad place to set camp, open from too many angles. But the boy's tired, and there's water here. Last of the snow melt. This winter came quickly and brought the spider wolves. We got lucky, got out of that cave we camped in, but only just. Do not want to be here to see another winter. Ian hasn't been fed for days. I could find something. The desert is teeming with strange life. Smoke lizards, sky eels, giant red ants with soft human faces, and more. Zola's experiments. Hunting takes strength. Need to conserve what I have. A sandstorm is coming. Have to make that mountain range before it does. So I'm just going to pause here to kind of describe what's going on. So Cap is in 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 this boy, this this Zola boy, are sitting on, uh, like the near the edge of a of a cliff, right? right? And Cap has his shield in the fire upside down. As he's cooking 
something in the shield. He's using it as a pot in this fire. And there's a big fire, there's smoke. So obviously it is dangerous. He's right. They are out in the open and he's just putting a big signal out there for anyone to, to come get them. But it is the middle of the night. It's a purple sky, lots of stars, a moon here or there. Um, but the boy, Bob, you said on the cover, the boy looked about six. Now, maybe he is. He could be four or five or six, right? But it's one year later. He was an infant. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't. That's Zola. Yeah, unless there's a, a Zola experiment explanation. Indeed. And Cap, like like you mentioned before about the cover, you know, he's he's got his mask off. And he's looking pretty tattered. He's got the, the long blonde hair and, and the the beard. And this is really the first time we're seeing him like this, right? Because at the end of issue one, you know, he was still kind of, you know, fresh, clean shaven, just came back from a mission. Now it looks like, you know, he's been out here for a while. He's, he's looks, looking very tattered. And he looks at the boy and he says to himself, that calm smile of his, a constant reminder. He's in this situation because of me. And he scoops some sort of liquid from heating in the shield and he hands him the cup. We'll find food tomorrow. I promise. And he pats him on the head. Some hard days behind us, but no matter how bad it's been, Ian never flinches. Trust me to get him through it. So we just found out the boy's name is Ian. The environment is inhospitable on all fronts. Life spent on the limits of exhaustion and complete collapse. The twin suns will rise soon, for longer than I'd like, and never from the same horizon. Impossible to mark time or direction by them. And he's laying there, and Ian is kind of nestled on his, on his, his stomach as he's holding him. Maybe a year since I arrived in Zola City. Drugged so heavily during the escape, we've flown hundreds of miles before the crash. No way to know which direction the strange metropolis is in, or the tunnel that will lead us home. First, I need to find Zola. Find out what he injected into my chest. Why well, I've had headaches every day since. Chest still sore to the touch, even after all this time. Better not think about it. Can't afford fear. Not now. Ian is counting on me to get him out of this. And he reaches for a, a sack that he has next to him, and he pulls out a little box. It's almost like a, a ring box. Nights are the worst. When Ian's sleeping and no longer in need of constant attention, leaving me to ponder harsh realities. What happens if I can't find the way home? How long can we keep doing this? Stranded here, fighting forever. And he opens up the box. And Bob, what's inside it? There's a uh, there's a, a, a bullet, Rick. Um, yeah, and it's engraved. What's it say? It says diligence. How would you define that, Bob? 
Ooh, how would I define diligence? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I would define it in terms of, um, you know, synonyms, you know, attention to detail, um, applying appropriate, um, you know, effort to mm -hmm. a task. Yeah. Diligence, right? It's, it's curious that that's engraved on the bullet. It is. And he takes the bullet out and he stares at it in his hand. Where's our breaking point? How many years will pass before we find some sign of hope? When will it become too much? The other way out? And he puts the bullet back in and snaps close and it makes a little clip noise as he closes the box. The other way out isn't one you consider. And then we go to a flashback, Essex Street, the Lower East Side of Manhattan, 1926. And we see a young Steve Rogers in overalls holding up a, a newspaper. And he's yelling out, news, hot off the press, get your paper, two cents. Thank you, sir. A man takes the paper and drops him two pennies. But then just then, like a part of a brick gets thrown in the back of his head and hits him really hard. And he goes flying forward. And we see this, I don't know, like a, a teen, uh, some sort of teenage boy standing there with his hand up against the wall and his hand, other hand on his hip. Had your old man finally up and drank himself to death. It introduced me to your ma and I'll keep her warm for you. And he's got two buddies there with him. Hitting too low, Hutch. Miles are off limits. Street code. I'll show you too low. And he goes over and he kicks in the stomach. Steve, who's there bleeding in the back of his head, just on the ground. Your ma's a knockout. I'm just thinking how to do my part to help her. If you're thinking about it, be helping you too, shrimpo. I'd be your new pa. I'd drink all night around with other dames you know just like your real pa he's tearing up with joy at the idea hutch you lousy little rat keep my bedroom activities out of your creepy head will you and don't worry none we'll sell your papers for you and they grab his big stack and walk away they cut to uh the the apartment that he lives in with his mom and we see the grandpa there and steve's mom is sarah she's dressing looking in a mirror she's putting on a hat and they have us on double shifts at the garment factory all week you'll read to steve before bed papa of course i will sarah and and see to his studies and he walks through the door, all bloody. Stephen! My God, what happened? They said stuff about you. Said stuff about Dad. That he was a bum. That he was no good. And the grandpa comes over and he puts a, something a compress on the back of his head. You don't listen to them boys, Steve. They don't know us and they didn't know your father. He was a good man. But he lost hope. A man who loses that 
He loses everything. And we cut back to Captain America with his young ward walking along this plane that has a lot of uh, dust up coming up and it's very windy. Last one of these sandstorms nearly killed us. Without shelter, we won't last long. The mountain range is our best hope. Too far. But no other option. Visibility is shot. Just have to move straight. If we get pushed even a few feet in the wrong direction, we'll be lost. Stuck out here in the storm. With the bad things it brings. And it cuts to these two rocky characters that are watching the two of them. Nearly all the physics of the place are off. The stars never hold a constant pattern. Gravity shifts from day to night. Extreme swings in weather with little warning. No respite from danger. Green streamers are ahead. Another hard lesson. What are green streamers, Bob? I don't know, Rick. What are they? You, you can describe them though, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were asking, I thought you were asking me as if they were real things. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what they are, but they, they appear to be some sort of, they almost look like uh, grass like um, blades that slither up through the, the soil. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I, it appears that, um, you know, they are very sensitive to the touch. And so much like a minefield, you have to pass through them very carefully. Bait used by the things under the sand. No choice but through. And he picks up and he holds Ian in his arms. Slow and quiet. Ian holds tight. He remembers what's down there. And he slowly walks through. One wrong step and it's all over. Endless angles to watch. Endless predators. Predators in an environment they evolved in. They know how to hunt, know how to exploit the weakness of prey stumbling through their territory. And they're all just as hungry as we are. And I know nothing. After all my time in this place, it's as foreign to me as the first day. And we see these two sky cycles flying overhead. And there are these two mutates flying them. No foreign and full of danger and they how would you describe these mutates bob it's <laughs> they are ridiculously uh unusual right um if we didn't know we were reading a story about uh arnim zola uh, in some respects uh we would say these look like zola uh you know the biofanatics creations they mm -hmm. they they um they have a, a body that is very, you know, dinosaur-like, right? It's uh, mm -hmm. they're armored and they've got these fins that are armored on their back and they have big wide mouths with lots of big square white teeth. Uh, they're very terrifying, but they appear to be, be sentient, right? I mean, they, they appear to be able to converse and, and think and, and, uh, and, and obviously ride sky cycles. Yeah. And they do, they talk funny. Frock sweep, eat now, murder. And the other one says, ill drill, kill. Murder, slice. 
and they fly over the two of them, but circle back to come in for the kill. Go. Like running from a sniper through a minefield. Some basic rules. Trust your gut. Don't second guess a step. And pray. Turn around. Surrender. Let them take Ian to safety. Missiles, they don't recognize us. And these idiots aren't looking for prisoners. They're looking for kills. And the missiles come over top of them and Cap puts his shield up. And it makes a loud noise. Explosion bomb. Proceed accordingly. And he takes his shield and he slices one of the the rider's um, uh, sky cycles as it's flying by. Which then falls and explodes. No guarantee I can keep Ian safe in retreat. And I can't risk playing nice. They aren't human. You taste our good murder. And he starts, the the other one on the cycle starts firing. I like that. You taste up our good murder. That's a little broken English there. I can't place the accent. Yeah. (laughs) They're genetically engineered evil. Count it out. He's almost here. No hesitation. No soul escapes the mutates. No mercy. And he goes up and he uses his shield and he smashes right into the face of one of them. And it makes a loud noise. Shut your cook. His face crumbled. Grizzly beasts, but their bones do break. Gives me steam to face the thing hissing. Slurs behind me. And the fire unraveling in his fists. And sure enough, the other mutate, the, the first one who fell, comes walking towards him. And he's like, it's almost like he's holding lightning bolts in his hands. Oh. We eat when we please. Cook it and eat. We knows you will feel. Now to burn. And he takes the lightning bolts and he slams them down. Napalm heat. Chainmail searing my skin. Ian screams. Can't outrun it. One more shot and we're dead. So I do the last thing I should. And he pulls on one of the green... What are they called again? Green sleeves? Green wiggles? Green green, streamers. Green streamers. Thank you. See, and you said your memory is bad. (laughs) Um, He pulls on the green streamer and what comes up from underneath is a gigantic, huge, like dinosaur-looking thing that actually looks more like uh, the big giant worm that comes out of the asteroid and Empire Strikes Back after the Millennium Falcon. Indeed, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Or that you know, I was thinking Dune, you know, and the sandworms. Exactly, and it just it just takes one of them and bites it in half. Wake up the thing under the sand and be gone before it sees us. But it does see them. Dear God, bigger than the others. Seconds from charging. Run, Ian, go. I read that Hemingway once faced a charging rhino on a safari. The key to his survival? Wait till the beast is at point-blank range. And he picks up one of those fallen laser pistols and he fires and shoot. And he shoots it right in the head as it's getting close to him. That's a loud noise, Bob. 
It is. Uh, and I'm not exactly sure how to read that one, Rick, but it goes something like Zakum. Very nice. And then he falls down. Stunned or dead? We don't know. What do you think? I I I hesitate to say dead. That yeah. that's big. Yeah, it is, yeah. You know. I want to go. Uh, he's stunned. <laughs> <laughs> he just moved the cage. No, I didn't. <laughs> he's pining for the fields. <laughs> So uh, Steve puts his arm around the little boy and he says, okay, it's okay now. Look, look at me, Ian. And then remember those rock creatures I mentioned before that were watching them in, in right. the sandstorm? Yeah. Yep. They come up behind uh, Captain America and they yell, Zola, and they hit him and it goes dark. And then Steve wakens to the voice of Papa, Papa, Ian, are, are you all right? Hurts like hell. My brain's reward for having the audacity to wake up. And he's chained to a wall. He's kneeling, but he's chained with his arms above his head to the wall. And, and Ian is chained as well. And across from him is that mutate. And the mutate says, we would be eating the meat. That is my right. <clears throat> the right of Zola. Zola's mutate, wheezing through the jaw I smashed. I'm scared, Papa. Listen to me. We're okay. I'll find a way. And then those rock creatures that are wearing armor um, come up and they start speaking another language. Countless months spent praying for some sign of civilization. Now that we found it, all I feel is dread. And they take the prisoners and start walking them. No trouble. We're not looking for, even though the pounding in my skull, every instinct I have is on high alert, broadcasting the same message. My God. And then we turn to the next page, Bob, and it is... A double page splash, not a full splash. I would say probably like a three quarters page splash, but yeah. it is double page. So you can see the whole thing. And then there's a couple of panels on the bottom that, that spread across the two pages. And it's it's quite the scene. How would you describe it? Well, it, it look it's you know, you're looking down from a from a high a high level, you know, several stories up. Uh what looks to be a throne room of some sort. Mm -hmm. With a big stone throne on a on a dais in the middle, and uh, somebody's sitting on that throne, and he happens to be holding cap shield, and then uh, there's a couple uh, uh, individuals at his feet that look like maybe females of his uh, of his his species, and then uh, the room is filled with many of these rock creatures that had uh, captured uh, Steve and Ian, uh, and they're leading. Um, Cap and Ian down the stairs from the upper levels down to um, the throne room itself. And, and they do look civilized, right? I mean, they, mm -hmm. they, it looks like a, I mean, this isn't a cave, right? I mean, this is actually right. a structure and they are wearing some sort of clothes and 
standing at attention. There's no rubble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, Fred. Uh, that's a different rubble. Sorry. <laughs> we are not among friends. Wake up. Take it in. Find your options. Not many. Our captors have fleshy seams between their hard shell armor, likely points of weakness. The problem is those staffs, the glowing crystals sapping my strength. Fighting isn't an option. Talking might be. Hank Pym built a universal language adapter into my armor plate. If I can activate it, we might be able to communicate. Get an idea what they want. The large alpha on the throne, surrounded by female servants, spells it all out. He's the law. And he yells in his tongue at Steve and the other captives. A tyrant is never inviting to foreigners. And then he stands up and he and he's like you said before, Bob, he's holding his shield. He's got it in his right hand. He's he's a large being, right? Larger than Steve. And he speaks. And both the mutate and and Steve, their heads are put on chopping blocks. And Steve looks at Ian in the face. No matter what happens, Ian, keep your eyes on me. Okay. And the leader holding Cap's shield says to the first one, Zola? Yes, I serve Zola, and I'm proud of... Shunk. He uses Cap's shield to cut off the mutate's head. And Cap thinks to himself, thinks we work for Zola. Kills us unless, and he goes and he kicks, uh, kicks him. And then somebody with the crystal zaps the back of his head and, and he screams. Please, listen to me. No Zola. Zola? No. And then they put Ian on the on the on the block where the other one was to cut off his head and hold him down. Zola. Ian. Ian, close your and then the last one, we all we do is see the sound effect. Shunk. And it ends just like that. Oh, come on! I know. <laughs> well, that's a cliffhanger. It is. What'd you wow. think? Yeah, that's pretty good stuff, Rick. Pretty good stuff. I think I go first this time as far as favorite panel is concerned. All right. All right. So I'm going to go with, I'm trying to see what page you it is. I, it's going to be, if we say one year later, is page one. Right. I'm going to go with page five. Oh, okay. And I'm going to go with panel number four. And that's the one where Steve's laying on his back. He's got Ian resting on his stomach and he pulls out the, the little ring box that has the bullet in it. And he puts it back into the ring case and, and and the only thing you see in this particular panel there's no inner monologue it's the only panel on the page without 
inner monologue because it doesn't need it because the statement itself is him closing the bullet back into the box. Right. Yeah. That's my favorite panel. To me, that panel says more than anything else, uh, you know, uh, in, in the comic is sort of like, no, there's an option here and I will never take it. Wow. And, you know, you yeah. don't give up hope. That, like that to me is a strong, strong panel. Yeah. I'm going to dovetail that one, Rick. And I'm mm -hmm. going to go with uh, with page eight. <clears throat> and it's the one, uh, the, the bottom left panel where uh, Steve's grandfather has the, the compress on the back mm -hmm. of his head. And, and you can see Sarah in the background with her hand over her mouth and her eyes uh, tearing up. And, and, and the grandfather says, you don't listen to the boys, Steve. They don't know us and they didn't know your father. He was a good man but he lost hope. And I, I love that, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I don't like what, um, what Remenda uh, did to Steve's dad. Right. Uh, we both don't. We both we don't. don't. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 but I like this because uh, presumably this is, this is Sarah's father um, redeems him a little bit here. Uh and redeems the memory of, of Steve's dad for Steve mm -hmm. by saying he was a good man, but he just lost hope. And that, I mean, that right there is a very profound statement because it, it mm -hmm. can be easy to lose hope in the world. Indeed. And, uh, and it's important, you know, to, to remember that uh, hope, hopelessness and, and taking hope away from people can lead to very bad outcomes. And, and, and I think this was a very important lesson in Steve's life uh, as, we, as we saw, you know. Um, in the panel that you just mentioned and that he mm -hmm. took that to heart and, and lives it. Yeah. I love that. I love that panel. Great choice. Uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. And, uh, and yeah, I also agree that this is Sarah's dad because I didn't give him an Irish accent. Uh, so right. I, uh, I purposely assumed the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is his first appearance, right? First appearance. As far as I could tell. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, Bob, what are you, uh, you going to go t-shirt worthy? What are you putting on a t-shirt here? All right. Well, this was a bit of a tough one for me, Rick, but mm -hmm. I'm going to go with uh, page nine, which is the, actually the next page, right? And, and I like uh, the second panel. It's, it's a crosswise panel, and, and it's mm -hmm. the one uh, where Steve is holding Ian's hand, and they are plowing ahead through the sandstorm. Mm. Uh, I, I like this panel, and, and I like it because, um, one, he's holding Ian's hand, and uh and but it 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 talk you know it just speaks to that that persistence right that pushing forward through the obstacles that uh, that life or in this case uh, dimension z throws at them uh, but they're doing it together you know father and son and uh, so I, I love this panel hmm. so if i put that on a t-shirt you'd buy it i might i might buy it i might buy it. if it had a if it had <laughs> uh i had a different you know uh, different word balloons like not these but maybe if if you use the one about hope mm -hmm. I, I might buy that yeah all right uh for t-shirt for me i'm gonna go with page 13 the last panel panel five and that's when he takes his shield and he jumps up at the mutate on the sky cycle and he hits him in the face with his shield and his body bald behind the shield and all the thing you see is says no mercy. Love it. I yeah. think that would look cool on a t-shirt. 
that would look uh that would look good yeah indeed yeah that's a good good action shot and uh yeah i love the um yeah i love the use of the shield man that shields are great you can use it as a weapon and you can cook in it <laughs> exactly right i i no. read somewhere that like no you can't cook in it it has been proven before that the the way the metal of the shield is it does the the heat there's no properties for heat on the shield it absorbs it and you can't have heat on the shield so how is he cooking in it if they can't do heat it does does make sense. Uh, i thought it was a i thought it had kinetic properties but i guess that makes sense right because it would be the heat exciting the atoms i, I should know this because i talk about this in my class with my students um, the, the heat excites the atoms in, in, the, in the shield material, but if, if it absorbs or, or diffuses the kinetics, then if the atoms were banging against each other, it wouldn't, it wouldn't cause friction. I'm going to use the quote. I was more worried about the straps. Like, did they That's get a wet? good point. That's a point. <laughs> yeah, it's leather, right? Um, I'm going to use the, the quote from Roy Thomas in last episode. When right. Everybody says, I'm, it's a damn comic yeah. book. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, although I have a part of me was hoping to draw him in a little bit about <laughs> controversy over retcons and uh, continuity and all those sorts of things. But it's a damn comic book, Bob. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. Well, I guess we have a time capsule left to do, Rick. Yes, so. my my time capsule is going to be page is it nine? No. Six. Page six, first panel, because it, it, it very well says 1926 on it. <laughs> so I'm cheating a little bit there. But yeah. he also says, get your newspaper, it's only two cents. Uh I I I'm putting that in a time capsule. That that certainly signifies not not 1926 but notwithstanding the newspaper being two cents yeah. i think is uh is is probably uh, a, a good one to put the time capsule how about you all right well you know i'm gonna go with um i believe it's uh it, it may, it's it's the same panel uh same same page page eight that i i picked my my favorite panel but uh but it's the first panel on that page and it is it's the apartment the tenement apartment mm. that is shared by uh, by sarah and steve and uh, presumably sarah's father steve's grandfather and you know it, i guess it, there's nothing about this that is particularly you know time capsule-ish right but i do love uh, you know when we started reading um you know the sentinel of liberty you know, the new series the first issue and um was that issue right that steve went back and rented uh his oh, yeah. old his old apartment yeah right? it was issue one yeah. And so I, I love um, whenever we get a glimpse of of the apartment that that Steve lived in as a boy. We saw it in Mythos, Captain America Mythos, um, as drawn by Paulo Rivera. And so um, it gives a glimpse of of what life might have been like at that time, what an apartment might have looked like at that time. I know Paulo, as we talked about, did a lot of research. He went down to the like Lower East Side Tenement Museum, right? right? And, mm -hmm. and actually saw what what the living quarters look like at that time so so i always try to look carefully whenever um you know time specific 
places like this, like Steve's a tenement apartment are rendered to see the level of detail. And we see, you know, pictures on the, on the shelves and, you know, and, and uh, looks like a bowl of fruit in the background and, and just the way, <laughs> you know, just the way, you know, it's rendered in that level of detail that tells mm -hmm. us something about what life might've been like at that time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Good pick. All right, Bob. So should we talk about next episode? Sure. Why not? Well, I, I, I don't, I don't know <laughs> how to answer that question. Uh, what else we're going to talk about? <laughs> well, let's, let's get the episode over, Bob. I, I got stuff. I got things to be people to do. Oh, right. Well, I said, as I said, my wife's out of town, so you're it for me, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> you're my date tonight. Oh, so. all right. So, um, yeah, let's do, let's go, let's get, Hey Bob, let's get, crazy let's get outside of the captain america series or mini series or specials and let's do captain america in somebody else's book wow right we've done that okay. before like in she hulk right that was okay. a lot of fun yeah that was right and how about we do captain america appearing in amazing spider-man that is uh unexpected yeah I'm let's okay. go to late yeah. let's go to late 80s that's good. Late eighties. Well, we're talking. I'd love uh, to go to the late eighties. <laughs> I know. Right. If you had a time machine, <laughs> um, especially knowing now what we, yeah. Then. Um, yeah. If, if we, I did, I just totally said that wrong. Right. Knowing, uh, whatever, knowing no. then what we know now, <laughs> knowing now I know that I, uh, hell, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, let's go to amazing Spider-Man 323, 324, 325. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, that makes no sense to me. Okay. Well, there, Todd McFarlane was, you know, well into his run on the amazing Spider-Man. And, and he finished around that time period with a, a six part story called the assassin nation plot. See what he's doing there. Assassination. Yeah, but it was assassin nation. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. yeah, it's a six part story. We're not going to do all six parts. No, 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 no. We're just going to do the last three parts, four, five, and six, which happened in Amazing Spider Man 323 through 325, where Captain America joins Spider Man in his uh, fight against Ultimatum. Remember them? I seem to recall them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been a while. I know. And then we got some guest appearances with the Silver Sable and Solo and Pal Paladin and a few other surprise guests in, in there. So uh, that would be kind of cool because it, it's going to be art by Tom McFarlane, maybe a little Eric Larson. And uh, and you get to hear me do my voice for Spider-Man. Wow. I can't wait to hear that. That's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. So? All, right, All right, let's do it. All right, let's you're, do that. You're, you're like throwing, you, you've opened Pandora's box now, though. <laughs> you know, we're going off into a, a Spider-Man. I might even what, have to next, do next, Daredevil? No, no, I might even have to do a Mary Jane. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm definitely going to pour myself. There, there, listen, one. there is, a, there is. I was checking these out. There is a little uh, scene with Peter Parker and Mary Jane in bed. Oh, my. Yeah, she's wearing a little, little uh, sexy negligee. Yeah, that, yeah. All yeah right. I'll have to do all my right. Mary Jane come hither voice. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> <laughs> all that right, good. 
Well, Bob, as always, I got to say, it has been so much fun wrapping cap with you. It has. I can't wait till next week, Rick. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbanis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. <laughs>